at the halfway point here in the NFL season. Welcome into the pylon. Once again, Impact 89 FM's own NFL podcast here in the sports studio today. Of course, I'm your host, Michael Marcotte, alongside me as always, as he is every single week, Jada Coster. Jay, how we doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I've the same same stuff, different week with the awful Thursday night football and, you know, just talking points of the NFL like we always do, so... Yeah, I, I, will, I will tell you, I did not watch the game last either. night. Uh, I, I was at Mon Ice Arena here in East Lansing. I was working for the high school. Uh, not the high school. What am I saying? The hockey game. Uh, Michigan State upset number 10th ranked Ohio State last night. So that was actually a fun environment to be in. But I then when I got back home, the game was still kind of going on. But I'm like, I really have no interest in watching yeah. the Panthers play the Falcons. I was covering women's basketball. Um, they were beat Purdue Fort Wayne. And I, I just. I just didn't even bother turning on after the game. I just it's just two bad teams fighting for second or third, maybe first in the NFC South, but no, it's both teams are just not very good and I mean you saw the Panthers defeat the Falcons 25-15 and just a, you know, just a just a typical NFC South Thursday night game. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, it kept the Panthers alive, I guess, cuz now they're they're at 3 and 7 now through 10 games. Um, so they're, I mean, because the NFC South is so just pathetic, they still have an outside chance. Um, I mean, they're running out of time, seven losses that those begin to stack. But I think the, the one thing I did see from last night involved Baker Mayfield after the game. So the Panthers win, right? And then he's going out onto the field to, you know, celebrate with his teammates and whatever. And so he's going out to these big offensive linemen who were just coming off. They had victory formation. Baker doesn't have his helmet on. He just runs out there and starts headbutting all of the big men on the team without a helmet yeah. on. Yeah. And it's concussion protocol yeah, for you right there. Al Michaels, I think, like said on the air, like, man, Baker's trying to put himself in concussion protocol. Like, I mean, it was the weirdest thing I've seen. Uh, but that I mean, that's Baker. Again, I, I'm very familiar with Baker. That that's just kind of the guy he is, but I don't really think it's the smartest decision considering, you know, where the NFL is with concussions and all that. To, Celebrate, yeah, and then that fashion. Speaking of Al Michaels, he was not like having it. Like, oh, he's done. Uh, he's done with this. He, he's yeah. done. I mean, he. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Al, this is what you signed up for. I mean, you got you got the bag from Amazon, Amazon uh, Prime, and and now he's calling these bad games compared to Sunday night with um, with Chris Collinsworth and Kirk Herbstreit. He's kind of used to this. I mean, he's been calling Big Ten games all year, and the, and the Big Ten's been awful this year. So I mean, he's been calling like every bad game. So yeah, he's, we, he's used to this. I mean, he did just call Alabama LSU one of the that is, that arguably is the game of the year. Mo- most in college of the games, football. most of the games, uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk have called. Yeah. It's been a downer. So well, I don't remember what one they're on this week, but I don't think it's a very good one either. From what I recall, I, there aren't many good college games this week. But we're not here to talk about college football. <laughs> um, but what I uh, back to what I was saying though. But yeah, I you know he did sign up for this, but. My thing about Thursday night is, first of all, I don't think Thursday night football should exist. I've been very loud about this. Um, I think it's a horrible idea that the NFL thought was a good idea, and they thought that the fans enjoyed it, when really the fans don't enjoy it at all. And my other issue, like, I got, I mean, I got many issues. I could give you a whole, probably, episode about why Thursday night football should not be a thing. But you're seeing players starting to get hurt because they're not on ample rest. Yeah. And you're seeing season-ending injuries happen on Thursday Night Football. Soft-tissue-type injuries that happen because you don't have enough rest or be, because you're in a more vulnerable position because you didn't have enough rest and stuff like that. The product is bad because, basically, the teams are only preparing for these games like two days out of the week because they still probably get their day off, really, where they're just really doing walkthroughs and meetings. So they're not really even prepared for their opponent, so they're just kind of coming out and winging it all game. 
And then there's just the third issue where the matchups are just bad. Like you put the Bears and the Commanders on a Thursday night football game this year, and you thought that was a good idea. Yeah, I, I mean, just don't know where that came from. It's it's because the you NFL. Know, first of all, it's because of ratings. Because the Bears are the yeah. third largest market, and they have to get the Bears the three prime time games, which is stupid. But yeah, Thursday night football is is a joke. I mean, the only time there should be Thursday night football is the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. uh, the the opening game. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously Thanksgiving, and then the the week after Thanksgiving. So like, you put the two teams on that played on the Thanksgiving on the next Thursday, so you have that seven days of rest. Other than that, Thursday night football is is a joke. Like you said, they just they, they the players don't get enough rest. Um, and Richard Sherman said this like five or six years ago. Like Thursday night football is a joke. We you know we've lost players season ending injuries. It's season ending, it. like yeah, and yeah. Like he called out like the NFL because of it. I don't know why players don't do that anymore because it's just a bad product. I mean, unless you're watching the Chiefs and the Chargers, like, and that game that's was about it. Okay, and but remember Herbert. I mean, Herbert got hurt in that game, and I'm not gonna like say that Herbert's injury is because it's Thursday night. That's yeah. a freak thing that could have happened in practice, and then or Tua, but yeah, or the Tua thing, yeah. which was that was a completely other scenario that also comes down to rest. But I mean, I I've also said this before. I mean, you can go back and you can probably find it on my Twitter. If we're gonna stick with Thursday night football, which they're going to, Amazon paid a lot of money for it. They're, it's going to be around for a long time. It needs to be divisional games. Only exclusively divisional matchups because not only is it going to be a better product because you're bringing in rival and last night was a divisional game, but like, that's fine. Like, fine. If you have one dud every once in a while, like that's going to happen. That happens on Monday night. But also when I talk about the preparation teams, not having a lot of time to prepare when you're facing a divisional opponent, especially for the second time in that season, it makes it a little bit more easier to prepare for them because you're already familiar with that opponent. You can, easier to kind of blend them into your week before game plan and then be kind of ready for Thursday night. The best games this year on Thursday night have been divisional matchups. So that's just my two cents on it. Um, But enough about Thursday night football because I don't really think that game's necessarily worth talking about. (laughs) Let's get into some talking points this week. We're going to start off in Indianapolis because what the actual heck is going on? Uh, Two weeks ago, two-ish weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, they benched Matt Ryan, the Colts did. Um, for Sam Ellinger, Matt Ryan was hurt at the time as well. Um, they say that it wasn't because of injury. Like, fa- frankly, it was just they said they're going to go with Ellinger. Matt Ryan didn't work out. They're going to move off of him probably at the end of the year once again. Um, and then just this past week on Monday, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, got fired. And then right after that happened, like, I mean, what was it, an hour, two hours after I mean, they have to name an interim coach, and they don't pick anyone on their their staff. They hire Jeff Saturday, their former center, who did win a Super Bowl with them, and he's coming out of the booth. He was working as an analyst on ESPN for the NFL. He's coming out of the booth, or not the booth necessarily, but out of the studio to coach the Colts for the rest of the season in an interim capacity. Very, very very puzzling. I I just don't understand, like, you know, Jeff Saturday might be a great guy, but does he have any coaching experience? High school football. That's it. He's coached a high school team, and I, from what I know, I don't know what his record is, but he's only coached him for like a year. Yeah. Look, I mean, you bench Matt Ryan, you go with Sam Ellinger, you, you fire Frank Wright, go with Jeff Saturday. I just feel like... Do you think this is like a tanking thing and going on in Indy or like... I, I think it has to, to go, be, to right? Go, to go get C.J. Stroud or also, to go well, find that quarterback? It, it's I, I think that's exactly what this is because, okay, 
you got to look at it from kind of two perspectives of my eyes, because this is all Jim Irsay's doing, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. He is the puppet master behind every single move that's been made for the Colts for a long time, since he's owned the team. And he's one of those owners that's very authoritarian. He likes having his hand in everything. Um, and this is nothing different. He, They interviewed him, obviously, when Jeff Saturday was introduced as the interim coach. And, of course, the media is doing their job, being very skeptical as to why he was hired. And they basically talked all the time about how they've been friends for a long time. Obviously, Saturday's been in the organization before. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame center, honestly, probably. Yeah. And But he, they asked him about his experience, how the fact he doesn't even have college head coaching experience, let alone professional coaching assistance or professional coaching experience at any sort of level, whether it be assistant or a positional role. And Jim Irsay flat out said that is better for us that he doesn't have experience. Like, what are you talking about? You're saying, because mm-hmm. he's saying, well, he's not scared. So you're calling 31 other NFL coaches who, that are, they're scared because they've had head coaching jobs before and they don't want to screw it up the second time. Like, is that what your argument is? I, I don't get it. Um, look, there, there's a lot of more pressing matters, I guess, that can be talked about in the NFL. And I mean, look, I'm, I've said this for a long time, especially in the last year or so, as things have gotten very loud. I don't think that sports in general or the NFL is a place for you to turn to to look at for the right thing to do. Um, but this, I mean, this, and of course, this doesn't, like, the NFL has nothing to do with this. Like, Jim Mercy is allowed to hire whoever he wants. He can hire me for all he cares. But mm-hmm. to bring someone out of the booth with no experience, as in an interim role, too, it's not like it's not like he just took the year, had an interim coach, and then was working to kind of bring Saturday in next year. He just implemented him in the middle of the season when this guy hasn't even been like with the team all year. Yeah. Off look, TV. Uh, exactly. It's just weird. I, and I do think this has something to do with getting that quarterback because ever since Andrew Luck retired, they've gone through so many quarterbacks. You go to Phillip Rivers, mm-hmm. Carson they, Wentz, they've had what, Matt Ryan. I think six starters in six, six years. Starters. I mean, yeah. Andrew Luck has kind of been a, it's been a death sentence ever since for the Colts mm-hmm. with that abrupt retiring. And now, you know, maybe they're kind of going after one of those quarterbacks, like a, a Stroud or a Bryce Young. To kind of like elevate that franchise because they just don't mm-hmm. have one right now, and and they got a really good roster around them. Really like good roster. Sha- Shaquille uh, Leonard. I, keep, I forgot. Was, I forgot he changed his name from Darius to Shaquille Leonard. But I mean, they got a lot. Of, they got mm-hmm. a lot of pieces. DeForest Buckner, and you know, I mean, you got a lot of guys there, and you know, not having the quarterback is just. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not you're not gonna win many games. So yeah. It, yeah. Like I mean, like you said, it's, ever since Andrew Luck's retired, I mean, it's just been a revolving door. I mean, they they've tried everything, and I think the move the the move off Matt Ryan, I, I I really don't have much of an issue with that because it was clear it wasn't working. Why not put Ellinger back there, get younger, maybe see if he can provide you any sort of spark, um, show you what he's got before you potentially make a, a franchise altering move for a quarterback. I get all that. Clearly, Ellinger hasn't proved that, but it's it's a big deal to be just so actively tanking like this mm-hmm. yeah, and it's, it's weird because like i mean i get it saturday may be a good coach like i i don't want to hate on the guy it just seems like you have coaches on your staff that could interim for this team like mm-hmm. you have like instead you're bringing in this guy who hasn't been really with your organization except maybe in an advisor role and that he's bringing in some of his own guys also to come to the staff so you're like changing coaching staffs in the middle of the season, kind of just keeping the one that you have and just making someone else the head coach in that role for the rest of the season. 
I, I just don't get it. I've never yeah, seen a move like this before. It's um, it's just weird, and um, maybe it works out for them. I'm not sure. I mean, it'll be probably a long time before we ever see the effects of this. Um, I don't even know who the coach is going to be next year. Again, this is still an interim capacity. So, I mean, we'll see. But moving off the Colts, let's get into some injuries. Uh, the first one to talk about, Josh Allen last week. I Or this week, I guess. it. Last week, he did not look right. No, I didn't. would say even against... Um, who was it? Who did they play two weeks ago? The Packers. Packers. He didn't look right either. He's throwing... He was just throwing bad interceptions that it looked like yeah. it just wasn't getting enough. And then against the Jets, it. Yeah. he threw it. He threw it like, I didn't watch much of that game, but I saw the highlights. He threw he threw an interception right to Sauce Gardner. Yeah, like, but he's been doing that. Questionable we decisions. haven't seen Josh Allen do that in a long time, just be that kind of – it almost looks like he's being careless, like it was a mental mistake. But, like, I would watch those throws, and I would be like, that doesn't – Josh Allen doesn't make that mistake like that. The ball doesn't just kind of – I mean, it just kind of come, came out of his hand and just started fluttering. Well, it turns out there might be a reason for that. He hurt his elbow. I'm trying, I'm trying to pull up the official ruling. It's a, it's a UCL, if I remember. Common, common in Uh-oh. baseball. Tommy Johnson. Yeah. No. Well, it's a common. I'm not gonna scare any Bills fans. But it's that. a, it's a common <clears throat> baseball injury. The UCL. It's that little ligament in your elbow. It's very similar to the ACL in your knee. Yes. But it's in your elbow. Uh, it's called the ulnar collateral ligament. I'm no doctor, but Thank you, Dr. I know Mark what Hodge that though. is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but he suffered an injury to it. The injury is kind of unknown. It's not torn or anything, which would torn would basically require Tommy John, but it's not that. But he got hit um, in the Jets game, and that's mm-hmm. when the injury, they say, occurred. Now, again, I... Maybe the Packers game was just him being kind of careless with the ball. I remember when he threw those two interceptions, they had like a two-score lead. So I'm willing to look past it. But like last week, he didn't look right, clearly, again, after the hit either. So it's a UCL injury for Josh Allen. He's questionable this week against Minnesota. They're saying he's, I mean, Sean McDermott said today he's like hour by hour. They don't, they have no idea. Um, it's kind of getting strange. Like, I feel like the Bills could be, hi- do you think they're like hiding something like that we don't know? I mean, or... I don't, I don't know. I also don't know why they're in such a, they're such. I mean, okay, the Bills right now in the division are, I believe, zero and two. Yeah, um, I mean, they have that division's very good because they they lost to Miami earlier this year. They lost to the Jets. They haven't played they the lost, Patriots yet. Yeah, they haven't. So the yet. they're zero and two in this division right now, and I so I see why Josh Allen playing for them helps them because they are in a chase, but they already have like a lot of wins banked. I don't know why playing him this week would be beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're playing Minnesota, um, who, again, Minnesota is one of those teams. They're 7-1, and one, but I don't think a lot of people are necessarily buying it, that they're as good as they're playing. Um, but Case Keenum is the backup quarterback. Of course, a very established backup in the league. You know you can win with Case Keenum, especially with the roster that you have. But, I mean, it, it's just interesting because – uh, yeah. If it's a UCL, like that doesn't just necessarily heal right away. Like that could linger, and that's I mean it's his, it's in his throwing elbow. Like how is he supposed to throw the ball if he's got yeah. an injured ligament? Like this is Tommy John surgery coming up. Not, not, uh, <laughs> that would knows? be something for sure. Yeah, I mean their playoff hopes are. I mean they're they'd they're be gone. Oh to... well, here's the, again they have like six wins already. They're six and two, I believe. Their two losses have been in division to those yeah, Dolphins yeah. and Bills games. Case or Dolphins and Jets. Hey, you got Case Keem and Diggs reunited, so that's 
That's good. Yeah, the, the funny part about this <laughs> game, they are the playing the Vikings, who Case Keenum, of course, famously took to the NFC Championship game. That was the year of the Minnesota Miracle and all that, so Keenum to Diggs and all that. But, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's just, obviously, as a Browns fan, it, it kind of gives me a little bit of hope. Like, the Browns play at Buffalo next week. Um, so, if Josh Allen's not Josh Allen, all of a sudden the game's winnable. Like, if you mm-hmm. take, if you make Josh Allen human, Bills are a beatable football team. Yeah. And so, it, it again, it'll be interesting. I feel like I'm just repeating myself. But, it, I mean, it will be to see because the Bills are not in a position right now where they can kind of just sit on their hands. They do have, again, they have wins banked. I think they're they're 6-2, and two, right? I want to make double Yes, check. they are. 6-2 and two this year. Um, but those two losses have been divisional games. They're 0-2 in division. So, you know, and Miami's still really good as well. So. We'll see how that goes with Josh Allen so far. But let's just kind of get into the game. Let's talk about the other side. The New York Jets. Like, yeah. the New York Jets. They just they're, keep doing it. I mean, their defense is very good. Um, you know, they're, they're running the football. And, you know, they're kind of, I think they're kind of like hiding you know, you know, what Zach, Zach Wilson's woes. And, I mean, their, their defense, like I said, playing very well. Uh, this is a team that, you know, I wouldn't really want to play right now. I mean, they're... Sauce Garden is one of the best corners in the league right now, and they got a very good front. I mean, they're they're a fun team to watch. So it's it's not like it's not like the Bills where you're throwing all over the yard. But I mean, hey, I mean they're they're a fun story. I yeah, mean, they've been struggling for years, and yeah. So I mean, it's fun. Longest playout drought too. Yeah, uh, playoff. Excuse me, but uh, I the one thing that just holds me back about the Jets, I think they have a quarterback problem. Oh yeah, absolutely. Zach Wilson's not playing well at all. No, I mean he he has looked down. I mean downright bad a few games. He didn't look good against Buffalo either. Um, the defense kind of carried in that game. Um, but you could argue the Jets looked better when Joe Flacco was back there, when they yep. were winning games, kind of in that capacity. And I saw someone on Twitter say this, but like, could you imagine where the Jets might be right now had they drafted Justin Fields? And I get it. Like you can't like yeah. you can't play apples to oranges like that. And you can't <clears throat> assume the double play. So you can't assume that everything that would have happened would have been better for Justin Fields maybe if he was in New York. But, like, in the offense that they're running, if they would have Justin Fields right now, I'm just saying. Only like Garrett Wilson. Just saying. So. Exactly. The connection would come back. I, just saying. I, yeah, I mean, you're, I, I, I think that's a pretty – that's a good take. I mean, Justin Fields, and we'll talk about him a little bit, but he, he's he been playing – He's been. I think he's been one of, one of the, the best – Rookies coming out of that class right now. I mean, and Zach Wilson's been let's just face it, a huge disappointment. I mean, he he's missing a lot of throws. He still makes bad decisions that you really shouldn't make in your second year of the league. That you know, last year we can make the excuse he's a rookie, but yeah, he's he hasn't really developed, and he's got weapons around him. I don't want to like the, for Jets fans. I mean, this has been a fun season, but. If they don't solve that quarterback problem next year, they're not going anywhere. Let's yeah, but like, that's here. the thing. You're going to go up, and yeah, you beat the Bills. And I, I already can hear the Jets fans. We beat the Bills with Zach Wilson, a quarterback. Yeah, but like Josh Allen got hurt, for one. And number two, like, how do you expect to go into Buffalo in January or in Kansas City in January? L.A., go into SoFi, beat Justin Herbert. Yeah, or Baltimore, try to beat Lamar Jackson. Good luck. I'll just tell you, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... That's kind of the issue that they're in right now. Like, yeah, you're right. It is a fun story. We'll see how that progresses as well, too. They got uh, – did they play this week? They, I think they're on the bye this week. Um, they but, are. I think they're on the bye, yeah. But um, we'll see how they kind of 
respond to that. But big time win for them. I mean, yeah, huge. They beat the Bills at home. They're going to have one more crack at the Bills later on this season, and we'll see how they do it there. One more injury to touch on. Uh, another quarterback position. This one just happened yesterday. Matthew Stafford got placed in concussion protocol by the Rams after the game against uh, they played the Buccaneers. Um, so his status is up in the air for this week. They're playing the Cardinals this week. Nobody knows whether or not Stafford's going to play, but I mean the Rams are drowning right now. I mean it's it's not yeah. like they're not they're not treading water. They're only only three wins. They're a disaster. They're a disaster. I mean you blow that game against the Bucks. And that was a bad loss. It was a bad loss because. You know, you have multiple opportunities to beat that team, and Tom Brady just drove him around the field. And and look, the, the, this Rams offense is just completely broken. And it's nothing like we've seen the last couple of years. You know, with you know Cooper Cup and they're running the in play action. I mean, let's face it, Sean McVay's offense is if if you can establish play action, you can run the football. It's going to be one of the best offenses in the league, and they're not doing any of that this year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, their offensive line is a huge mess, mm-hmm. and their defense. I think I think they're missing Bob Miller right now. You know, they only really have Aaron Donald to get to the quarterback, and he's getting still very good, but he's getting double teamed and triple teamed, and they really don't have any other guy besides no. him. So, yeah, and well, that's what happens when you give all your draft picks away. Um, everyone wants to say it like the picks don't matter until you haven't had a first round pick. The Rams didn't pick in this year's NFL draft. I think till the fourth round this past one. Like they just. You got to be able to still get some of that young talent in this draft, and or not in this draft, but in drafts in general, like first, second, third rounders. You need those picks; those are how you build depth in your organization. And the Rams kind of went all in, and now they're kind of paying the price. And you mentioned it; it the, it's been the offensive line. They haven't been able to run block. They can't protect Stafford clearly because now he's in concussion protocol, and it's just it's bad yeah. and. They lost a game last week that they literally were leading, I think, the entire time. They were leading that game from the word go until the final, like, eight seconds when Tom Brady threw the touchdown pass to Mike Evans to win the game. So, I, you know, I don't know, but that was, it's a problem for them. And speaking of, I mean, Matthew Stafford, former Lions quarterback, the Lions, of course, we got to talk about the Lions. They beat the Packers last week. First time in a Well, they did beat them last year. I will say that, but again, that was the week like eighteen game, which we just mentioned last week. Like those, those do those really count? Maybe I don't know. Um, but they did beat the Packers, and they look good doing it. Um, they yeah. Aaron I mean, Rodgers throws three interceptions, and I mean, there's a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers right now. Is he, he just is doesn't he, look himself. Is he the reason that they're struggling as bad um, as they are? Not really. I think. I think it's. Look, the defense is the defense is very solid, but they can't really get off the field on third down. And you know, they run the football well, but their wide receivers just aren't very good. I think is it Romeo Dobbs hurt? Am I wrong? Did he get hurt again? Let me I'll double check. I, I don't know, but he he just doesn't have a lot of weapons. He really misses Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. I think if they had Devontae Adams, I think they'd be I'd probably say like I'll I think they'd have around like five wins or six wins right now. Six wins right now. It's high ankle sprain for Romeo Dobbs. First offensive play he got hurt uh, against the Lions. Yeah, I just I, Romeo Dobbs. I think is Aaron Rodgers' go-to right now, and for not for him not to be on the field is kind of a killer for him. And it's kind of uncharacteristic for Rodgers' three three interceptions because he only throws like what six interceptions all season per like less than per that year. sometimes. Like usually he throws like six or seven interceptions per season, so yeah. it's a little weird. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him? 
I, Green Bay is another team. I mean, the NFC in general is just, I mean, besides the Eagles and maybe the Vikings, if you want to throw them in there, shout out to the Vikings. But well, the Seahawks. Like, and Seahawks, exactly. <laughs> yes, the Seattle Seahawks. But like, other than those three teams, and really just the Eagles in my mind, like this conference is it's a toss-up. I mean, it's completely up in the air. Yeah. The Cowboys are really good too. So I think the Cowboys are one of the best five teams, I'd say, in the league. Um, but the three teams that you probably felt the most confident in coming into this season are all significantly underperforming. You have the Rams, of course, the defending Super Bowl champions who are probably going to miss the playoffs. The NFC West is just too good. Um, then you have the Bucks, who are in a battle for their lives in the worst division in football. They can't seem to figure that one out. And then you have the Packers, who are all of a sudden slowly falling to the bottom of the NFC North, which is a division that has the Lions and the Bears in it, both of which have combined for, what, five wins? Yep. And so that's not good. Um, yeah. And Green Bay's got to figure it out, and, like, they got to figure it out fast. Like, there's no, there's no more time to sit back and say, oh, relax, as Aaron Rodgers likes to say. Like, we'll figure it out. Like you don't have time to figure it out anymore. The Vikings are seven and one and already have beaten you once this year. Like you don't have time to waste. And I think no, they do play this week. They're playing. They're hosting Dallas this week. One of those teams that I mentioned is tough one. A really good team. That defense, defense in Dallas is insane. So again, they got to figure it out. I don't really think I have a lot of confidence that they will. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is great. We know that he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Nothing's taking away from the career that he's had, but you got to figure something out. You're supposed to be this good of a quarterback. It shouldn't matter who you're throwing the ball to. And I get it. There's been some drops. You threw three interceptions. Like that just, yeah, that can't happen. And one was to a D lineman. <laughs> yeah. If I remember correctly. Hutchinson. Yeah, Hutchinson caught yeah. one. So, all right. It's going to be it for talking points this <clears> week <throat> as we move on to player shout outs from last week. Of course, one on offense, one on defense. We'll start with offense. Jay, who is the they offense shout out? Justin Fields, because Ooh. I'm excited. Um, bias aside, he's looked way better than he's looked throughout his his you know one and a half years here. I, I think he's you know you see Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, rolling him out and and creating creating spaces and the gaps for for him to run. And you know he's starting to use his starting to use his arm too. I mean, three touchdown passes. Granted, he only threw like 170 yards against the Dolphins, but he basically took put that team on his back on Sunday. And if it wasn't for the Bears' defense, I mean, Trey Roquan Smith, Bears should have won that game. And and Fields looked very good. Um, and it's promising to see where his career is going right now. So I got Justin Fields. That touchdown run was fun to watch. That was very fun. To that watch. was awesome. Uh, my uh, offense player of the week. It, it's a no brainer for me. Oh, uh, oh, God. Joe Mixon. I forgot, um, yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe Mixon. Um, I actually have a story about Joe Mixon. I'll get to it in a second. 22 carries, 153 yards on the ground, and four rushing touchdowns, and then through the air, four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown as well. That's five touchdowns last week for Joe Mixon. Uh, easily the biggest biased, so. fantasy <laughs> performance last week. Uh, 50 points he put up in standard scoring. That's the league that I play in. Now, here's the story about Joe Mixon. So Joe Mixon's on my fantasy team. I drafted him in the second round this year. Guess what I did last week? I benched, benched Joe Mixon. Uh, he did not play for me. So I had 50 Joe Mixon points just lying on the bench. Oh. But you want the kicker? I still won. Oh, my. Wow. I mean, I won by a you single lucky. point. Uh, 
<laughs> I won by a final score of 82 to 81. Um, yeah, wow. that's standard scoring. So <clears throat> it, it's not like the PPR or anything like that. But yeah, I left Joe Mixon on the bench in fantasy. I own it. Uh, I got, I mean, I got laughed at by the automated robot that sends out the, you know, post game recaps every week. They're like, he benched Joe Mixon. But then they kind of gave me the little respect card of like, but he still won. Um, so I dodged that. Hopefully I don't make that mistake again. To be fair, I benched him for Ramondre Stevenson. I thought Stevenson was going to have a bigger week. Mixon played, didn't, he hasn't been getting the ball most of the year. Um, so I was like, eh, I'll play Ramondre Stevenson. My other running back is Dalvin Cook, who I got in the first round. And so I was like, all right, I'm good there. And then all of a sudden Mixon scores. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay, whatever. And then he scores again and again and again. And I was like, this is dumb. I'm going to lose because of this. Um, but I didn't, I won. So. There's my Joe Mixon story. Who do you got on defense for the shout-out? Um, this is, I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner. Because Again? Man, I think it's third time. Somebody third shout time? Out. I'm a, yeah. Thank you. I know I've shouted him out once, but hey. Me? Have at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, he's playing so well right now. I know there's a, that was a bad interception by Allen in the first quarter. Um, but, you know, Sauce Gardner's just at another level. And you saw at the end of the game, he... You know, he threw a pass up to, I can't, I can't remember if it was Diggs or Gabe Davis, but mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner made a great play on that. People were saying it was pass interference, but the NFL said it was not pass interference. That was a great play by, great coverage by Sauce Gardner, and mm-hmm. he's he's one of the best corners in the league, so that's, you know, that's all I got. So My defensive shout-out of the week, Kirby Joseph, uh, safety for the Detroit Lions. Uh, spectacular week last week as well. Uh, ten total tackles. Five of those were solos. Three pass defense. He had two interceptions. Two of those three uh, Aaron Rodgers interceptions he had as well. Big time week for Kirby Joseph and the Lions just in general. But rookie, another rookie safety there for the Lions. They're very high on him. I know that mm-hmm. out of uh, Illinois. So, yeah. Kirby Joseph. That's a pretty good one. I mean, I, yeah, I completely forgot about him. But yeah, he played, he played really well, and I saw him the – Pro Football Focus rankings. He was like ranked as like the second highest safety. So, yeah, it looks like they found. It looks like they have one um, in Detroit in the secondary. So, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, time to go into the pick'em. Those were the player shoutouts of the week. Updated standings from last week. I am still in the lead. Uh, I was up by six. I'm still up by six. We tied last week, Jay. Uh, you actually mm. beat me in the picks, but uh, my upset did hit with the Jaguars. Yours did not. Oh, yeah, I had the Colts plus six. He yeah. had the Colts. That, that did not work. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was able to keep it even. It's now 48 to 42. I'm in the lead in the standings. Time for Will They Cover this week. And just a disclaimer, I know that there's another game in here that the spread is just huge, and I left it out because, first of all, I think it's a bit disrespectful. And number two, I wanted to use it for straight-up picks. So that game is not in there. We'll talk about it probably when we get there in straight-up picks. Um, But, yes, that game has a very high spread that I don't think is deserved. So um, we're just going to—I went with the next highest spread. So the first one, four and a half points, Indianapolis, who we talked about, of course, at the top of the show, on the road at Las Vegas. They're four and a half point underdogs, the Colts are. Um, Can they cover that number? They will not. Um, I just think we're, we're all kind of low on the Colts right now. I mean, you're starting Sam Mellinger once again and kind of a new coach. I mean, Vegas isn't very good, but I like Vegas minus four and a half. Vegas is not good at all. I mean, Vegas was up, what, I think, 17 nothing last week. They lost to the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, they came all the way back. Uh, I think the Colts cover this. I think the Colts may outright win this. Um, Vegas really? is Vegas is bad. I I I'm out on the Las Vegas Raiders. I was 
I wasn't super high on them, I guess, coming into this year, but I was higher on them than this. Um, I just feel like this game's close. Indy may not win it outright, but I feel like it's going to be close down to the wire. Next one, nine and a half point spread. Jacksonville on the road at Kansas City. Can the Jaguars cover an arrowhead? Um, they will not. Just because... I just I, I think the Chiefs are just very good right now. Um, I know it's kind of a boring take by me, but you know I they are. I, I mean, mean they're playing they play, they're playing well right now, and they won that game in overtime against Malik Willis. Who I mean, I'll talk about him in another episode. But I mean, yeah, Kansas Kansas or the yeah Kansas City will cover. So yeah, it was a really tough game last week. It looked like Kansas City was going to lose there for a while. They were able to find the end zone late. Get the two-point conversion after three tries, two pass interference penalties. Uh, I have Jacksonville covering this one. I think they're going to keep it close. I like Jacksonville a lot. Like they're like if I can't watch any other team, I love watching Jacksonville. They are just fun. Travis Etienne is playing out of his mind right now, and basically his de facto rookie season. Trevor Lawrence is playing a lot better as well. Um, they're fun. I think they're going to compete in Arrowhead. I think they'll cover that nine and a half. Kansas City wins, but Jacksonville covers. Then finally, the biggest spread of the week, it's the Monday night football game, which, again, I don't know why people thought this was a good one to pick. <laughs> Washington on the road, plus 10.5 at Philadelphia. Can the Commanders cover on the road? I think Washington will cover. You know, I think they've been playing much better lately. Um, it's an interdivision game. Oh, you're saying no. Wow. We're, we're a lot of disagreements yeah. here. I just, I, I mean, Philly's very good. I think that they're, they're one of the teams, obviously, to win the Super Bowl, but... I think Washington does kind of pull off a backdoor cover here. Washington's one of the more surprising teams, I guess, in the league this year. They're they've been pretty good. They have some pretty good wins. They beat the Packers. They beat the Colts. Um, they they beat the Bears, right? Yeah, they beat the Bears um, on that Thursday yeah, night game. Did, that yeah. was a disaster. Um, but I I don't see them covering in this one. It's on the road. It's in Philadelphia. Eagles are well, kind of coming off the mini buy because they played Thursday night and now they're playing Monday night. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be rested. Um, and obviously they're playing still, they're still undefeated. They have not lost yet. So I'm going to go with the Eagles to cover that one, 10 and a half and win by more. So I'll go with that straight up games this week. There are seven of them, maybe eight, maybe eight. I'm not sure, but there's, there's quite a few of them. We're going to start with the game being played in Munich, Germany. Uh, the first time an NFL game is happening in Germany. It's completely sold out. Sold out within minutes. Wow. Um, to watch the Seahawks battle the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And who would have thought that when the, before the season started that the Seahawks would have the better record in this game and I believe are actually favored to win? If I, Yeah, that, that are they? I, I mean, expect that before the season. I mean, Seattle, no, okay. Tampa Bay is still favored to win. But Seattle has the better <clears> record and they look like the better team right now. Tampa Bay is favored in this? Tampa Bay is favored. Um, Two and a half. Based on what the I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually going to take the Bucks. I thought about taking the Seahawks just because they're, they're kind of on the high hand right now. I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I think they're fighting. For, I mean, they're fighting for this NFC South title and they need a win. So I got the Bucks. I think the Bucks are still the safe pick here um, because I think I mean they have more talent than Seattle. Mm-hmm. There's no mistake that it's just Seattle's playing so well right now, um, and Tampa's not, but. I think last week was what Tampa needed, just kind of winning one of those ugly games against a team that kind of had their number last year. Um, I think their defense is going to be good enough to kind of shut down whatever magic's happening with Geno Smith and, of course, Kenneth Walker. Um, But 
I'll take I'll take Tampa to win a very sloppy, um, low scoring game where you know the people of Germany are not very happy with the product, and I I just think that's going to be kind of how it looks. So I'll take Tampa as well in that one at nine thirty on Sunday morning. All right, next one: the Lions at the Bears. The yeah. the rivalry between the two bottom feeders usually of the NFC North, but who wins it this year in Chicago? Um, man, I mean, I feel like this is actually gonna be a pretty high scoring game. We got two offenses that are kind of well, not mean that last week the Lions only put up fifteen, but I got the Bears. I wouldn't say I don't know. I'm gonna go like twenty eight twenty four Bears. Bias aside, I think, you know, Fields is starting to, like, find his groove here. And, you know, Chase Claypool, he didn't, you know, he didn't really do much last week. But it was his first game. I think Chase Claypool does more this week. And, you know, they're starting to see Fields kind of roll out in the pocket. I think he's going to do the same again against this Lions defense. I got the Bears. I got the Bears as well. Um, I still don't trust the Lions. Like, the Lions last week, like, the offense was still bad. I mean, it didn't play well in the slightest um, they won that game on the back of their defense. Um, it was kind of one of those ugly wins that they just kind of that you see every once in a while in the NFL. But I I don't trust them in a, especially in a road environment against the Bears offense that you touched on. Jay is playing very very well right now. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the Bears at home. All right, next one: the Cleveland Browns on the road, off coming off their bye. They're at Miami to take on the Dolphins. Interesting matchup here. I got the Dolphins mm-hmm. at home. I mean, you got two up. Uh, Fully healthy, and you got all your guys back. I mean, they're 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 as healthy as they are right now, and when they're healthy, they're very good. So I like the Dolphins at home. You know, who's also getting healthy right now? The Browns. Uh, they're going to be obviously coming off their bye week. They were able to kind of give some players some extra rest. Denzel Ward's finally back out of concussion protocol. He's going to probably have the Tyreek Hill assignment this weekend. So good luck to that, Denzel. I guess, but um, man, this is tough because the Browns are still alive. They are still very much in this thing. Um, they're starting to lose some ground to Baltimore, um, but I am going to take the Browns because I always do that. I always have to have a little bit of hope, but um, I do think they can win this game. Uh, Miami's defense did not impress me. It has not impressed me throughout the year. I think if the Browns can set their tempo in this game, can they control the ball, keep it out of Tua's hands, not let him get into that quick passing game with Waddle and Hill, get those quick touchdowns, I think the Browns can control this game, and I think they can win it, so I'll take them to do just that. Uh, okay, next one, Vikings at the Bills. And, of course, this game's kind of a, a little bit up in the air because we don't know Josh Allen's status. But I would assume Josh Allen's not playing uh, just because he hasn't really mm-hmm. practiced all week. And Friday's kind of sort of like a walkthrough. So I like the Vikings. You know, I just, Case Keenum is up. He's just been a backup his whole career. I mean, if the Vikings lose this game, I mean, do we consider them kind of like a fraud? <laughs> I haven't bought the Vikings all year. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, which would I guess seem odd because yes, they are seven and one. Like they do deserve respect, and I I want to make sure I give it to them. Um, credit where credit is due. I just don't. So far, they haven't played anybody that's impressed me. When then they do play, they're playing bad teams and playing down to them. And then they lost a game to the Eagles that was just ugly. And I mean that Packers win in Week One isn't even looking like a good win anymore. No, so like the not. Vikings really haven't played much. It's part partly because of the division they play in, um, but I'm I'm not sold on them, uh, and I guess it's going to ring true this week. I'm taking the Bills regardless. Uh, I think they're just the better team at home in Buffalo. You know the crowd's going to be able to help them out, especially without Josh Allen potentially. So 
I like the Bills regardless. I just think they're too good. They're going to lean on their defense if needed, and I think they'll shut the Vikings down. Yes, only three more to go. Cardinals at the Rams is next up. First in the late window. Um, this this game is between two train wrecks. Um, I'm just going to say I'm going to go Rams because I don't even know anymore. Both these teams are very bad. And you got the Cardinals on Hard Knocks coming up. That should be very yeah, interesting. Yeah, the in-season Hard Knocks with the Arizona Cardinals. That's, that's gonna be There's a reason else. that they picked that one. And now oh, yeah. we now we kind of know why. <laughs> um, but the Cardinals are they're a mess. You, you did touch on it. They are not good. Really at all. They lost last week. A, a game that was I thought they were going to win. They were at home against the Seahawks. I thought that was one, you know, they can maybe get back on track. Maybe I'm still underestimating the Seahawks a little bit, but I thought the Cardinals could win that game, and they didn't. Um, you're seeing some sort of unrest between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, it, it's just it, nothing's really good in the desert right now. I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I think they're going to capitalize on that. Now, Matt Stafford could change. Not playing could change. I mean everything. Who who is the Rams' backup? Is it is it? Uh, it's um who who's the guy that started at the end of the 2020 season? Oh, Wilford. Is Wolford. it still Wilford? Is he still I think there? It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, whoever it is, I still think that they can beat the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals might be that bad. Um, all right. Last two. First one: Cowboys at the Packers. We talked about this one a little bit. Um, it's at Lambeau. I mean, Cowboys are very good defense. The Packers are struggling. Three and five game losing streak. I actually got the Packers. I think this is the week they can. I wouldn't say turn around, but this is this this is kind of like a, a game where this is a desperation time. Like if you lose this, your season is just about over. And you know, it's, like I said, it's at home. Lambo's gonna be rocking per usual. And. You know who knows if the Cowboys are gonna be ready to play up in the in the cold environment because it will be pretty cold up there in Lambeau. So I got the Packers actually. So Cowboys yeah. coming off a bye as well. They're one of those teams. Um, I mean, you make a lot of solid points. <clears throat> it's just the one element that's sticking to me is that I just don't think the Packers are very good. Um, so I think Lambeau is gonna come into play. Obviously, it it always does. But I'm going to roll with the Cowboys here. Um, defense always travels. You can take your defense on the road and really rely on them usually to play pretty well. Um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys on the road to keep to stay hot and for the Packers to not. Finally, the Sunday night game, and this is the one that I pointed out that kind of had an, a spread that I thought was insane. I'm looking at it right now. San Francisco seven was favored points. by seven and a half, depending on which one, you, wherever you look at for your odds. It's a seven-point spread in favor of the Niners, and I thought that's absurd. So I wanted it, bit. <laughs> I wanted it as part of the straight up picks because I think it's more of a toss up than that number. Um, but the Chargers in San Fran to take on the Niners, who you got? Um, I like the Niners at home. I I think I think the Niners playing well, especially on prime time. The Niners, the Niners play very well in prime time at home. Like they, I feel like they just destroy every team. And you know you, you got Christian McCaffrey there. I mean, you, you, are they coming off a bye? Am I wrong? They are. Yep. Okay, so yeah, they're also coming off a bye. Forgot about that. So that I'm taking that into consideration. So yeah, give me the Niners. I think I think they're. I mean, they're going to be fresh and yeah. I'm going to go with the Niners as well. They play really well at home. Like they just they do. Yeah. They play really well at home, uh, especially under the lights. This is just kind of a game that the Niners just tend to win. Um, again, coming off a bye, they're rested. Gave them an extra week to find even more ways to use Christian McCaffrey. Um, so, and that defense is among the best once again, like it was in 2019. So I'm going to go with the Niners as well to beat the Chargers. The Chargers are, they're disappointing. Like 
that is just once again, like that team is so good and so talented. Like I know they don't have Joey Bosa or JC Jackson right now. Like I get it. They they've had some injuries, including to Justin Herbert, but they're just again, just they they barely beat the Falcons last week and they're just yeah. they're scraping by these opponents that just aren't very good and it's just kind of what the Chargers have been doing for the last few years and it's becoming kind of part of I guess Brandon Staley's identity yeah. one of the descriptions of his tenure so far and again they need to figure something out like they're I mean they're fine right now easily in the playoffs right now but again just disappointing from the Chargers I just I expected them to be a little bit better mm-hmm. so I'm going with the Niners as well Upset specials this week. I am still in the lead. I can go first. Of course, this can be any game that's not and will they cover because we're already picking those games against the spread. Um, man, looking around, there's a lot of really close ones right now this week. Um, I am going to go with the Steelers. That's I was uh, looking at that one. Too. One and a half at home against New Orleans. Um, I will take the Steelers to win that game over the Saints. T.J. Watt, I think, is playing this week. Really? I think, potentially. I also, I also so. like the Steelers as well. Um, you know, you got T.J. Watt back. Um, my bad for copying you, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, like, I mean, Najee Harris is, he's been struggling. They can't really run the football, but still, I mean, I feel like, I mean, the Saints just aren't a very good team, I think. Is, when's, is Andy Dalton still starting? I think so. So I haven't heard that James yeah. is back yet. The, the Saints just aren't very good, so I like the Steelers plus the one and a half. I picked the uh, I picked the Saints to win last week on Monday night, and that look how that turned out for me. I thought the Superdome would help. It didn't. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up for the pick on this week. Of course, I'm up by six, so we'll see how that goes this week. Some disagreements all across the board. Thank you for tuning in if you've made it this long in this episode. We really appreciate it. You can go back and listen to all of our past episodes from this year or even last year or even the year before that. All you have to do is go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Bylon on Impact 89 FM for Jada Coster and, of course, me, your host, Michael Markoch. We hope that you all have a great weekend. Watch a lot of football, and we'll see you guys next week on The Pylon. Take care, everybody.